0: This is a Lip Media Podcast.
1: Content discussed on this podcast may be triggering for some individuals. So if you feel like today you can't quite handle it, that's totally fine. You can press pause and come back another day. Remember, we're always going to be here. And if you need immediate help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Welcome, welcome everybody to If You Don't Mind. I'm your host, Madeline Charrington, and today we're doing something different. We have been dealing with this pandemic as a country, um, basically, you know, as a world for a long, long time now, and it has impacted everyone in a multitude of different ways. And one of those, and the most, I think, important one is the impact it's had on people's mental health. Um, So I thought, you know what, let's go back. Let's check in with some of the people who have appeared on the podcast already um, to hear how they've been going, to hear how people uh, who already uh, were living with a mental health condition, um, how they are going uh, despite what's happening with COVID right now, um, and what are some tips and tricks and tools um, they've got now their toolbox to get them through what's been a very difficult year so far. Um, so I won't tell you who's on. Um, so settle down, listen in to some some of the voices you've already heard on the pod before, and hear us have some shorter but still super important conversations about mental health. Okay, hey, well, Madison, welcome back. I'm so excited to have you back on the pod.
0: Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, of course. I mean,
1: yours. I think, actually, if I had to pick, which is really hard, and I don't want to offend anyone,
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: feel, I feel like I feel like yours was my favorite.
0: Oh, I'll take that as a compliment, even though it was like extreme extremely traumatic story but I know why I know what you mean like it, just, it
1: was I feel like it was the most raw and honest and authentic one I've done because you, you obviously were so you were so good at being 100% open with it
0: yeah um, I think
1: and not guarded. That's a
0: big, the big thing is like ownership yeah over your story and for me telling that was a really big deal and I I knew you had been doing the pod- podcast for a while, but I was like, mm. I chose that time because I felt ready. I think yeah. that's a big thing when you're telling your story, you have to feel confident and ready to do that.
1: Mm. Otherwise you won't do it justice as well, I think. I think if you're not ready to tell it, you're going to leave bits out. It's not going to sound authentic and you're not going to be comfortable.
0: Yeah, and especially with trauma because it takes a while to dissect. Yeah. I think yeah years even to kind of get a picture for me I I was really confused about what happened for a long time
1: yeah and then it
0: took a time for me to get clarity until I was like okay so this is the sequence of events and this Mm -hmm. is how I can understand it now but it just when you're in it it's like being inside a hurricane
1: oh yeah I 100% agree but no it was I just I I still appreciate the fact that you came on the show and did that because I think that's very brave
0: Personally, it was very it was very cathartic. So thank you for having me.
1: I'm glad. Um, so on this <laughs> <laughs> this episode today, we're kind of as I as I mentioned to you earlier, we're going back and speaking to people who've been on the show before to check in and see how things have been going going in COVID world, and you know how they've been dealing. So I'd love to know what your experiences have been over the last six
0: months. I I live and work in Kalgoorlie, which is in the goldfields region of western australia red dirt country mm. mining country um as a journalist and when covid was happening it was a little bit like i think everyone felt this way it was like what's what's going on like we didn't really know mm. um and then it was kind of like when because we had intrastate restrictions so there were they put borders up internally in between the regions Mm. and it was kind of when they were talking about that that I was like oh wait wait a minute this is like a thing like this is a big deal like it took me ages to to cotton on yeah and I had this conversation with my boss I'd had two conversations with him but he was like you know if you want to go to Perth and isolate then that's fine and the reason for that is because I'm type 1 diabetic so I've got autoimmune disease so I'm a Considered, what is it? It's not um, oh, um, immunocompromised, it's immunosuppressed. I'm immunosuppressed. Yeah. So like a high, high
1: risk, I guess.
0: Yeah, like if I got it, it's hard to say what the reaction would be and it might be more severe for me. Mm. Um, so anyway, and I was like, oh no, I'm all right, I'm good. And then I kind of was like, I spoke to my mom and she was getting a little bit panicky. Mm. And then I was like wait I think this is something that I should do and I started to get really anxious about the whole situa- situation and I made the decision to go to Perth and isolate um at my home because it might not sound logical because Kalgoorlie is more isolated in terms of like its location and everything but yeah. I was living with a, I am living with a GP and she was seeing covid people and like not necessarily anyone who had it but she had to do the tests and things Mm. and so there was that element I think it was one day she came home and um she had to I had to come in hold the door open for her and she like run through the house and into the bathroom and like had like a 20 minute shower like and I just it kind of hit me then like I her boss, I'd spoken to for an interview, and she was like, "Oh, just stay away from Ash if you can." Yeah, and I was like, "I can't stay away from Ash. We live in a unit. Yeah, like, housemates.
1: Like, how are we meant know. to do that?" Oh my god, that's so stressful.
0: Yeah, Ooh. it became very stressful. So I went back home, and that was a really stressful situation um, in itself. But then being home was also, I think, I don't know if anyone else. I, I did know a few friends actually who who went home from Sydney to WA.
2: Mm.
0: Um, to be with their families and stuff during the time and but I don't know what their experiences were but I found it quite like full-on yeah <laughs> it's not it's not a um in your late 20s or even in your early 20s if you've been out of home for a while it's quite a big transition going from independent living to being back in the family unit yes um 100%. so yeah it was hard like it was really hard um my anxiety kicked back in for multiple reasons, working remotely, my colleagues weren't super stoked with that because I got what maybe they perceived as special treatment. Mm. But I don't know what was going on. But I wasn't being um, very well received by them. And then um, what was happening at home? It was really full on. So yeah, it was it was really difficult. I didn't enjoy it. So, but uh, WA has is basically normal now. Really. We're, um, yeah, so it's very, very normal now. We're back to like we can go to the club. We can the club. Um, we can go to the club. We can wow. go to restaurants without having to write down names at the door. Or yeah, it's it's pretty pretty good here. So it just it took a little bit of, of adjusting though, coming mm. back from isolation, back to Kalgoorlie and going back to normal. And I did have to work from home for a while, which. I don't know what other people's experiences have been, but I didn't enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it's very Um, isolating. And you're a people person, you're an extravagant person.
0: (laughs) I feed off of um, people's energy, whether that's negative or positive, but I definitely do. And it's hard to, to be alone and stay motivated.
1: Yeah. So I agree. I have not liked it. I think, I think obviously people like trying to encourage like Zoom meetings and afternoons where you play games and you're like that's only gonna get you so far because like <laughs> there's nothing better than just like sitting next to a person getting a bit drunk and like chatting for hours like it's
0: just there's no substitution there isn't there isn't my friend was telling me he has to have like he started a new job at the start of covid yeah and um so he doesn't he doesn't really know his colleagues <laughs> <He absolutely, laughs> really met them. Thing. but they have like these zoom beer sessions and he just says it's awful like it's just the worst thing ever ever, and everyone's always like what what did you say and your mic's on mute I can't hear you like it's just yeah fuck that (laughs)
1: especially if you don't know them and you don't have like that connection already and you can't like message them on the side being like this guy's a dickhead like you don't have that
0: yeah or just the side eye to like one person what the fuck um yeah I'd
1: love to kind of know I'm really interested to see what people have been doing over the last six months to make sure that they stay, they stay well, and obviously, especially when it comes to their mental health and when those during those periods where they've kind of felt down or had issues with potential relapse, what they've kind of done to get back to a, a good level. What are some things you've been doing to kind of keep um, keep equal, uh, even I guess?
0: Um, so. Like I said, like my anxiety actually came back quite heavily mm. um, while I was in isolation with my family. And I think one thing I identified that I guess people maybe felt the pressure to do was to to like learn new skills or do new things like learn a language, you know, yeah. get rid of it, do home workouts, all that kind of stuff. And I just thought that was a little bit, bullshit it was unnecessary pressure on people who already felt like and I think everyone felt like it was in a nice situation Mm. and I just don't think that that kind of like mentality and that was helpful at all like I would more leaned into I'm just going to do things that make me happy Yep. and I would say like exercising is something that made me happy Mm -hmm. like I would go for walks and be out in the fresh air and things like that that makes a big difference um it it doesn't make it it removes that claustrophobia I think that you started you start to feel yeah um and another thing which I'm kind of used to doing like I've lived in a few places like I used to live in Sydney I lived in Esperance lived in Perth and now live in Kalgoorlie and I've got friends all over the all over the joint Mm. um but just having conversations with friends and checking in Like, not making it about myself and being like, I want to see how they're going. Like, I want to see what's going on in their life and if they're travelling okay. And that kind of made – that makes the big big difference connecting. Yeah. Um, I know it's not the same as face-to-face, but I think it's still just as um, nourishing. So important.
1: And you don't know, like, that person might not have that many people in their life or that's reaching out to them and that makes such a big difference if you're doing that.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Like – and I don't know if it's at the forefront of people's minds I think i i mean i've I've surrounded myself by people who are quite lo- loving and kind, mm. um, which has been an active decision <laughs> 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 but like yourself and so it's you know I have those kind of friendships, but I realize that maybe maybe I'm the only kind of friend for some people because mm. um, lots of people do just want to talk about themselves and you know, their issues and their problems and yeah. how they're feeling and don't really li- like ask questions. And I, yeah, I think it's important. Um, I don't know why it is. I don't want it to be like a hero complex or something. Cause I don't think it is, but it's there's something nice about it to know you've done something nice for someone else. Yeah, so,
1: I get that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's actively participating in your community in a way. Like I, people always think of community as in like your neighbors, but community yeah. is like the people that you love and you have in your life. And, that you associate with. And I think it's just like a good active community to kind of like reach out and check in. Um,
0: oh, 100% and give a yeah. shit
1: about how people are going. And when you like are by yourself all the time and when you're like in lockdown and it becomes very like, oh, woe is me. Like I'm having such a shit time, but everybody else is. And I think when you take the time to reach out to that person, and say, like, are you okay? Like that's just so incredibly important and powerful to me.
0: Yeah, it is. And I mean, you don't often get feedback from someone to say that was really nice of you. Thank you so much. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, I know, if, like, I've got a, a good friend in Sydney, Rob, who he just checks in weekly, like yeah. he just calls me weekly. And he's like, how are you? How are you, Mad Dog? Just checking to see how you're going. Oh. Or Snow Dog he calls me actually, Snow Dog. Um, Love it. Love <laughs> so, and like, I don't say it enough, but I really appreciate it. Like, I'm fine, you know, but it's just nice to have a friend and other friends as well who give give a shit about you.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. It's just good to know that people give a shit about you. So, Irene, welcome back to the pod. I'm so glad to have my wonderful friend
2: back. Hello. (laughs) Um,
1: I am, as you know, catching up with people who've been on the podcast before... To see how um, they've been coping and how they've been going the last six months with COVID and stuff like that.
2: So I'd love to hear what your experiences have been like. Yeah, for sure. So I was lucky enough to start a new job just as COVID hit. So within two weeks of starting a new role in a new industry, we had to go into lockdown, had to start working from home and it was a bit intense trying to figure out the ropes and trying to figure it out remotely. Um, but I think the best thing about it was I was able to just get through it. And, yeah, it was, it, it was interesting because I thought, oh, this is going to be a lot harder, like, yeah. I'm, like I'm nervous. Um, but it was good. I just, It was more like I kind of showed myself, like, no, you can do this. Like, it's okay.
1: Oh, I love that. And you had come from, like, a super intense, like,
2: on-your-feet, like, retail job yes. right before that. Was that, like, an interesting transition? It was definitely a di- different transition. Um, I went from a really stressful role into something that's not quite as stressful. Yeah. Um, and also, I put on a lot of weight because I am now eating lunch. Um, I'm not running around um, <laughs> chasing after people and saying, hey, can you buy this? Um, but no, I was doing like 16,000 steps before my previous role. Wow. I wasn't having regular meals. Where now I'm having regular meals, and I'm lucky if I get like a thousand steps in. But that's a good thing, though,
1: because to have those regular meals,
2: it is. I mean, it, it, I, I have I have no excuse but to look after <laughs> myself now. Where I think I was definitely hiding behind um, my role, and I had a lot of bad patterns and behaviours that yeah it wasn't really the best for me. <laughs> no hundred percent hundred percent. do you feel because I know you like you
1: work for quite a like a large company. Do you think that they've kind of taken on the, this whole role of you know really looking after their staff's mental well-being and, and mental health during
2: this time like well? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think you know we do monthly catch-ups and Mm -hmm. every month we do like surveys as well um where they'll check in um my team personally we do three meetings a day just so everyone feels connected wow um so you're never really lonely um it it's good because you still feel like you're a part of a team and I mean our office it's quite quite a lively office yeah um you're it's it's not like a dr- traditional office. It's quite lively, like everyone's in each other's faces, um, and it was good because I like I that was something that I was really looking forward to going into this company and going into this role mm. was the culture and the office culture, and I was like so afraid. Like I'm quite a social person, yeah, and so I was afraid I was going to lose a lot of that, um, but like it's good because we see each other so often. It's almost like we are in office, but it's good because we get to, I get to have like my little bubble now. Um, I go into the office maybe once a week Mm. and I know some of my team members, they find it quite distracting going in, but I, I love it. Um, But yes. I think it's so important to kind of, especially
1: for people like yourself who are very extroverted, to still have those relationships and to still have that social connection. Yeah, 100%. I feel like um, it's just so difficult. when, you, like, For me as well, like I've just struggled so much to not just have – to be able to sit next
2: to a person and just talk to them, like I find very hard. Yeah. And, like, it, it's – like, I mean, my team's really lovely and they're really open, but it is hard, I think, even just learning a mm. job. Um, we have a new starter on the team at the moment, and I'm making sure that I'm, like, super available to him because I remember when, like, it's so much more different being, like, right across, like, the table from someone be mm. like, hey, like, can I ask you a question? And now you're kind of, like, messaging, like, five different people but everyone's busy or they're not replying to you and you're like, oh, I feel so alone.
1: <laughs> that would be so hard. I never even thought of that, like, setting a new role and just not having that ability to just, like, go over to a person's desk and be like, no, "Yeah, I I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're an angel. <laughs> and have you found it hard to kind of – because I know you are – I don't want to say a workaholic, but you, you love mm. work to work. You really throw yourself into work. Do you, Have you struggled to kind of keep
2: work and, and, you know, your own time separate? Yeah, I have. I'll be honest. Um, it's something that I'm still working on. Um, But going into this, I'm like speaking to a lot of people who haven't necessarily been able to work from home and they're like, oh, you must be loving it. Um, But everyone keeps asking me, like, why do you put on makeup? Like, (laughs) what's the point (laughs) of getting dressed? Um, And it's for this reason. Um, It's so I have those boundaries. I I need those boundaries of what's work and what's home. Um, Routine's a big thing for me. And Mm. I've always been a really big advocate of routine in terms of self-care. For me, my routine of getting into work mode is having a shower, putting on my makeup, putting on clothes, um, putting on shoes, (laughs) because then um, once I get into work mode, I know that when it comes to I really should be finishing at 5.30. But if, I, if I'm if i on to like 7 or even 8, um, I know that once I take my shoes off, once I take my makeup off, um, I, there's no more work. And it's one thing that my partner will always get me to do. He'll see if I'm on at like 6 and he's like, okay, like you need to do like 30 minutes. Then you need to like go like take your makeup off and get into your clothes because he knows that I've, never, I've never worked in like my PJs and stuff.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need to completely like de-work and then I'm back in home and it's good because like work can get be quite stressful mm-hmm. um there's a lot of high expectations that need to be met sometimes and sometimes if I'm having a real shitty day it's it's hard to switch off like I can't just like um it's not like you leave the office and then you come home and you don't have to think about it mm-hmm. um your home is now your office and so you the lines of what's what's safe and what's stress um, is really blurred. And so Mm. it's really important to put those boundaries up and to be like, nope, this is my time now. Um, I'm not going to let work interfere.
1: That's so true because I feel like when when we're in the office, you can kind of like finish and then you have that trip home to kind of like decompress everything and then you get home and then you're like free of it. But you don't get to do that at home. Like you just close the laptop and then it's still there. Yeah, that's
2: it. (laughs) That's it. I mean, that's the one thing I really missed was having like my alone time on the train, Mm. like getting into work um, that routine of, okay, like, um, this is my, like, 15 minutes where, like, I just get to do what I want. Maybe it's like watching a movie or like, like putting some music on. Um, but I think working from home and then working from home with a partner as well, um, it's, he, like, we have to make sure that you still have, like, your own, like, time, Mm. um, and that you have, like, time to de-stress. Krish meditates. He goes to the gym, um, I'm trying to get into those healthy habits, but sometimes I need to be like, hey, like, have you had like a de-wine time? Like sometimes, mm. most of the time for me now, it's just me putting my makeup on in the morning. That's my time because I'll have like a movie or a TV show running in the background. Um, and I can just like have that like 15 minutes where it's just me mm. and I don't need to worry about anything else.
1: I think that's so important, and I think it's it's really interesting. For everybody I've spoken to for this catch up episode has kind of expre- expressed this importance of routine, and mm. and I think it's like it's just such an important thing when it comes to, um, I guess not not coping with, but kind of maintaining good mental health, especially when you've you've experienced um, like a, a mental illness in the past or mental ill mm. health in the past, and that is just to continue that routine, to continue that. Structure, because I think when we our brains are idle, that's when we have that time to kind of obsess and catastrophize and think about things a bit too much. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so so important. Like you just don't hear enough about it, but it is especially for like anxiety disorders.
2: Structure and routine is just so important. It is, and you know the building blocks of that is recognizing bad routines Mm. um bad behaviors you know just in the beginning of our talk i was saying that i wasn't having regular meals um you know to me before realizing that was a bad routine that was a bad way of looking after myself i was just hiding behind the fact that oh like i just don't have time Mm. um at the end of the day you, you need to make sure that you're putting yourself first i actually am so happy that the first person
1: i ever interviewed is back on the show Yay! Isn't that
3: crazy? I know, how weird. It seems like so long ago. It feels like
1: literally a lifetime ago. And literally. you know what, like, I still have heaps of people listening to that episode regularly. Like, I'm always checking the stats, and Aww. obviously because it's the first one that people hmm. often... I don't know, sometimes people will start from, like, the, the newest one, or they'll start from the earliest one, but people are still listening to it, like on the reg every oh, that's day.
3: So weird.
1: <laughs> I think you are know what, I think your episode actually has reached like four thousand listens.
3: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Your
1: bloody fame is mad. Like I mean, that's, you're gonna give me a big head. I think I I need to start giving you some sort of like um <laughs> royalty. <laughs>
4: Oh dear. <laughs> um,
1: but as you know, we're kind of, um, I've thrown this episode together today because I really want to check in with a few people I've had on the pod and see um, what their experiences have been like over the last six months, obviously with COVID and how that's been impacting on their mental health. So I guess um, my first question is how have you found the last six months? What has, what has been your main experience and, and your main takeaway from what's been happening?
3: Well, it's been wild. I think that's right for everyone. (laughs) Um, For me, I think the strangest thing has been that life keeps going Mm. and, like, shit keeps hitting the fan. Mm. Like, yes, we're all in a global pandemic crisis, but, like, other stuff we still have to deal with. Mm -hmm. But, like, our energy levels are so depleted and our stress tolerance is so down. But then, like, we still have to figure out how to deal with, just general life disasters. Which I yes. think is that's been really big for me because like I'm often in, in among my friends and family, like someone who's seen as like a helper. Like I help other people yep. through things or whatever. And I'm like the last six months, like gradually my energy and my my mental space to do those other things is just getting smaller and smaller as I focus on like I guess self preservation even. Mm that then when people come to me or they're having issues or they're having, I don't know, they want whatever happens, Hmm. I'm like, oh, I can't, dude. (laughs) I'm out. Wow. And that's a bit tricky. But, I mean, I think I was lucky to begin with because, um, well, I went home to Perth Mm. um, initially because I'd actually already booked a weekend home for the for the weekend before all the borders were closed and everything hit the fan, mm. and so when I was I was suspecting that WA would close their borders, um, it's just a very WA thing to do, you know. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I think everyone who lived in WA or was from WA was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's going to be closed." So I was like, "I'm going to go home now, and so at least I can see my family because who knows when I'll be able to see them next." Mm. And usually I see them three or four times a year, either them coming to me or me going home. And so I was, like, really concerned I wasn't going to be able to see them. And also I was, like, I really only thought, you know, if the borders do close it will be, what, six weeks. Yeah. And that's fine. I can just be there for six weeks. And so my boss, bless her, gave me a work laptop and said, you can just work from home, like from Perth home, for a while. Like, I'm happy for you to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. That was on the Monday and by the Friday we had transitioned the whole office to working remotely and, like, when I got home on Friday night, like, to Perth, I think the borders closed on the Sunday. Fuck. And we were like, shit, that was crazy. And then that happened and then I was there for four months.
1: Wow, Um, it was four months, wasn't it?
3: It seemed, like, uh, so quick, but it was. I know, it was a long time. So I think that was strange because, like, in the very first initial stage, stages of, like, very strong lockdown, like, you know, when everyone was really not leaving their houses at all, mm. um, I was with my parents, who I haven't lived with for seven years. A long time. <laughs> A long time. Jesus. And it was, I mean, but it was also, it was great because I haven't. Lived with them for so long, and I haven't seen them. Mm. Like the longest I've seen them in that seven years has been probably, probably four weeks. Mm. Has been the longest, so it was kind of nice for us to have that space together, and especially because my sister lives in London. Yeah, it was nice for us to be together as a family as much as we could, whilst kind of negotiating the fact that we don't know when we're going to see her next. That must and, be so hard. Is she okay? Um, yeah, she's okay. I think we're all in a state of like we just don't think too hard about it. Yeah. Because if we think too hard about it, it's very stressful. Hmm. But, um, yeah, so I think I think as well it was tricky going home because obviously my parents were very stressed as well about my sister and they were happy that I was home but then – I don't know. It was just difficult to navigate when everyone is going through this traumatic event of the pandemic, hmm. and we all have to be making space for each other, but also making space for ourselves. And like, I don't know. It was it was tricky. Like, you know, some some days my mum would be just so stressed; she like couldn't really speak, and she was so worried about my sister. But so then I would have to kind of support her in that. But yeah. then I was also stressed. I, it's just difficult. But I think I was really lucky. Like I had my first birthday at home in forever, wow. which was really nice. And I had Mother's Day at home with my mum, which I haven't – I never thought I was really going to have that with her again because it's a long way to go to Perth for a weekend. Yeah. Um. So that was really nice. And I got to see lots of my friends that live in Perth still or that I don't usually get to see very much. It, it was like a really – I'm really grateful that I made that decision because mm. – I got to, you know, have lots of time with other people. But it was also disconcerting because, like everyone, my life was on hold. Yep. Like it felt like I'd hit the pause button. And so when we neared the four-month mark and things kind of were starting to open up a little bit in New South Wales. And, I mean, Perth was quite open because they had such closed borders that everything was kind of fine, (laughs) like... (laughs) They're chilling, dude. But, um, like, when I came back to Sydney, oh, I was starting to think, like, I think that I need to go back to my life. Like, yeah. I started feeling this very – um. I, I couldn't even describe it. I didn't know why I was feeling so unsettled because mm. I was like, this is my home. Like, I love coming home and I really do love going home to Perth. But I think realising that, yeah, I missed my life and my independence and, like, my routines not just my parents routines yes
1: yes yes yes.
3: (laughs) yeah and like if I don't want to have dinner I can have two minute noodles at 9 p.m and that's fine living with your parents it's not so fine and mom's like but we made a delicious dinner at 7 p.m so why wouldn't you eat that and I'd be (laughs) like oh dear so, you know, the little things. It's just the independence, one. 100%. It is. And when you get so used to it, like you make your own routines and and you have the way that your life works. And I think since I've moved from away from home, I also, you know, went through a big journey with my mental health and like, you know, in recovery and and taking control of of lots of elements that I haven't been able to previously have control of when I was a child or mm. like living at home and so then kind of going back and having to practice strong boundaries and and stuff like that was quite hard because I'm not used to doing that
1: mm. that would um, be very
3: difficult yeah and difficult when you know I'm lucky that my parents care about me very much and are very kind but when they're trying to help and sometimes I don't I just want them to leave me alone <laughs> and not because I'm even angry at them. I'm just like, I, I know how to do this on my own. Yeah, I'm a I've big adult, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. Oh, so, you are. You are. Thank you. Stop it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was kind of strange. And then when I left them and came back to Sydney, that was really strange because, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go home next. And I had thought definitely Christmas time. Yep. Because it's also my mum's 60th in December. Oh, wow. I know. So we had to accept that my sister won't be there, um, which I think my mum was really sad about. Yeah. And then as it gets closer, I'm starting to think I also won't be there, which, I don't know, just kind of sucks. I told mum we'll just postpone it till next year. She can be 59 for another year.
1: Yeah, why not? That's fun.
3: Yeah, right? So, yeah, I think the, the weirdest thing for me is not, being able to make plans we don't know how long this is going to go for
4: mm.
3: and and i don't find it helpful to think oh well you know in, in, by christmas it will be finished because then if it's not finished by christmas i feel like crap yeah you're just letting yourself down 100 exactly there's there's so literally th- no way to know no and i think that's been a challenge for me because i'm very like i always look forward and i'm like well mm. this will all be over but it's actually like yeah but who knows when and will it actually
1: yeah. <laughs> I think I think if you said to people, Hey, on the the twentieth of February next year, you won't have to worry about this ever again people would be like, mm. Okay, cool, I can work towards mm. that, that's a long time, but that's fine. But we yeah, can't exactly. do that. Like there is no End date, and I think yeah. often, like when you're uni, you know, like oh, uni finishes then, and then I can I'll be free. Or work, there's a big project at work. You're like, okay, when that when that's done, I'm free. But this, mm. you just have no idea, and it's very jarring. I think yes, um, definitely for And it's not involved. the way that
3: we normally think.
1: No, it's very so. counterintuitive to how we act in society because <laughs> mm, we're always yes. forward thinking, we're always forward planning, um, mm. and we're so social as well. So I think it's just. It's very it's very confusing for a lot of people mm. um, I guess my second question was what are some things you've been doing to kind of stay well what are some routines or um, you know things you've been kind of implementing uh, to stay on top of everything during this period
3: so I think for me it has been the routine like mm. creating new routines and creating um, like a sense of purpose yes. for myself, even if that purpose is watching TV all day, I like to have it planned because mm. then I don't feel like I'm wasting time. Even though I don't believe that y- that is wasting time, I, I know that I don't, but my like capitalist trained monkey brain <laughs> will tell me you need to be productive, you're wasting time. Um, yes. So I need to plan it, I need to lock it in. Yeah. And then I don't feel, I can feel like I can actually relax in that time. Mm. And I I put a lot of effort, especially in those initial times with my parents, um, setting up new routines. Like I decided that every Saturday morning we would make brunch. We would make a brunch of some description and like we would have it initially outside because it was still summery. Mm. And we did have to move inside when it got cold, but like, And initially my parents were like, oh, that's a bit weird, like what the hell. (laughs) But then after a few weeks, I think they realised that when we're locked inside all day every day, like we need to have some distinguish between the week and the weekend or work time and and not work time. So because all three of us were working from home, which was uh, interesting. (laughs) Um, And then so like I really tried to set up these new routines and like, Friday night we would have like a fun dinner and watch a movie and I like really forced them into these things to begin with but then it really paid off because then we would come to Friday and someone had had a hard week or it'd just been a long week or maybe we'd talk to my sister and she wasn't that happy or whatever Mm. but we knew that Friday was coming and we could do like have a nice night on Friday and then we could have brunch on the weekend and. Like, those kind of things to to even give us something to look forward to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that was my really big thing of I had to create structure because I know that if I don't have structure, I will absolutely melt. Like, I will, I will melt into the ground. Goodbye. <laughs> I need to have, yeah, structure. So I really set that up and I would set up like – yeah, when I finished work, I would – this didn't work so well because I think as many of us have experienced working from home, the lines are blurred between yes. work and not work time. Um, but, yeah, I tried to have like – like bring some routines from the office into my home working life, like, you know – I would always clean my desk really in-depthly like at the end of Friday because that's when the cleaners used to come in. And so I would always – Oh, interesting. Like that kind of stuff just to to give me some sense of time because I feel like I've really – COVID has messed with my sense of time.
4: Mm.
3: Like, you know, I think, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And then two weeks later I realise I haven't done it but it still feels like I just said that yesterday.
1: Yeah, and there's kind of like no consequence in a way because everything's on hold so you're like it doesn't matter. In a way, mm, and that kind of can be quite like confusing.
3: I think mentally. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, I think as well, like knowing that everyone is going through it this year. Mm. Like I've really tried because I because I'm very lucky to be doing quite well. Like I think that I've been in quite a good place mentally. Yep. Throughout this, pretty much, um, I've really tried to be like use that to yeah. help other people when they're having a a moment to to use that to be kind and not be like you're being ridiculous (laughs) because I've had definitely some clients at work who were being ridiculous
4: yeah
3: but um I've tried to take a breath and been like I I know that they can't see that we're all going through a terrible time right now and Mm. all they can see is that they're going through a terrible time and I've been there and I get that so I try to like
1: so, Sophie, welcome back to If You Don't Mind. It's been a very long time since, <laughs> since we had you on. Um, yeah. But I'm, you know, excited to have you back, even if it's just for um, a little chat. Uh, so, how have you been? How has everything been going with COVID and, you know, just the general shitstorm that has been this world over the last <laughs> six months?
4: Yeah, it's actually been quite interesting because I finally finished my degree. and Congratulations. Yay, (laughs) got there in the end. Um, It's been quite an experience because it's forced me to slow down and I Mm. think one of the things that's my mechanism of coping with things that isn't always healthy is throwing myself into going out, seeing people, coffees, um, having friends over. And COVID really made me stop in and check and spend time with myself, which I think was hard at the beginning, but it's actually turned out to be, like, really quite a relief, actually. Like, I'm not really? saying COVID is good.
1: No. Yeah.
4: <laughs> like, I'm not be like, yeah, yeah, COVID, but it's been an interesting learning curve to, to kind of touch back in with my own mental health and consider, like, what makes me feel better and, yeah.
1: That's really interesting because I think I've heard a lot of people say, although most of the things that have happened are pretty crappy, um, Yeah there has been this kind of interesting space for like self-reflection and taking the time to like figure out exactly what like how you've kind of been you know going about life the last few years
4: yeah I think that and I think as well it's forced you to kind of like reconnect with your friends on a different level Mm. because during that lockdown period you didn't have the ability when you made a phone call or a zoom call to have distractions of being out at the park or in a like cafe or anything it was just you and the other person mm. so you had to start reconnecting with them and I think that and I've seen it with my parents as well a lot of their friendships have almost strengthened in a way because it, it's much more intimate gatherings you're seeing people one-on-one and you're tending to do activities rather than going out clubbing or going dancing or anything like that
1: that's such a good point and I feel like yeah when you know that the time or like the the that conversation you're having with that person is so important to that to that connection i feel like you take more time to yeah really pay attention and listen and revel in it in a way
4: yeah i agree and i think like it's definitely been hard i think especially having a lot of time to think it traps you into like it's possible to go into another cycle to get a bit isolated, like mm. to be drinking a little bit too much on the weekdays, to form unhealthy habits. Mm. But I think because everyone was going through it together, or it still is going through it together, it's like you can kind of talk to people and bounce off ideas. And it feels like, it kind of, for the first time, the idea of talking to people about being anxious, people are starting to understand it because they're going through it. So, in a way, things that people didn't talk about before are much more, I don't know. I, I found it quite interesting because people are like, oh, you know, it's, it's really hard. I'm getting scared about going outside because COVID and, like, I get anxious all the time. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is I get it. <laughs> yeah, and so maybe people are a bit more aware of mental health and what it's how it can affect you. Yeah, without, I,
1: yeah. I agree. I think that for the first time for a lot of people, they're experiencing, like, anxiety and that is, like, I think because we're having to be so hypervigilant, all the time and you're told to not do this, don't do that, like if you've got these symptoms, go get checked, like all this stuff that we're, as, you know, anxious people, we're very used to this kind of like in our brains anyway. Um, But I think for people to experience that for the first time is very scary. Um, But at the like on the other hand, I hope in some way it helps people kind of understand what it's like to kind of have that as just a regular day-to-day yeah. thing you deal with you know
4: i really hope so too and i think the idea of going to a psychologist now seems a little bit more kind of talked about like oh there's a lot of helplines, there's a lot yeah. of places to reach out and the idea of saying to a group of people i'm I'm struggling or this week's been hard or this week I had a little bit too much wine or I cried last night because I was very anxious about where the world's going Mm. it means that it's more socially appropriate not to be happy which I don't think we've had before because we've been living in this like golden everything's great that's Instagram everything we're so happy life is so great and so people haven't been open about how they're actually feeling but now it's kind of moving into a world where we're like actually this week wasn't great but that's okay
1: that's, but next week yeah. might be
4: better. That's so poignant. The idea of like,
1: it's you can feel like if you're depressed, that's okay, and you can sit with that, and that's that's yeah. fine. Like, ugh, it's so true. Like, it's having that permission almost. Yeah. I think which I feel like before you just you just didn't have outwardly, but now it's kind of this, you know, this universal understanding that everybody's having a really shit time.
4: Yeah. Ugh. I will say one thing though. I was just thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um. With the podcast and after everything that happened with the podcast, because obviously when it came out, a lot of people didn't know the story. Yeah. But it was probably one of the most relieving and rewarding things that I've done because suddenly it felt like this big secret or this big, like, shameful thing that, like, I'd been through was just open and so many people reached out and so many people were so supportive that I feel like I really got some of my confidence back to just be happy and be Sophie rather than Sophie who's hiding. She didn't do HD, or Sophie who's hiding that she didn't go to formal. It just became like almost null and that's what I've always wanted it to be by letting everyone
1: know So yeah oh I'm really glad to hear that thank you um (laughs) I guess my second question was what are some things you've been doing to kind of stay well and um keep on top of like your your mental well-being during this this very kind of tumultuous um strange
4: time I think being honest with myself and being honest with the people around me, Mm. I've really tried to check in. And if someone says, how are you? I don't want to always be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so fine. Really try and say, actually, how am I like, am I okay? What can I do going for walks? I think has been really nice Mm -hmm. and trying to maintain like a positive outlook that it's not going to be like this forever. Mm. And there is a lot of positives that comes, that come out of it. And in a weird way, it's, it's, a time to check back in with family. It's a time to remind us what is important, what we love and why we love human connection. And I think as like a family of like Spanish background, we kind of hug a lot and that's Mm. something that we don't do right now. So it's just all those affections and people around. I think for me it's just, yeah, being honest and talking to people is how I've kind of checked in with myself and tried to check in with different people. Just try to like Mm. give them a call, be like, Hey, how are you? Just want to see how you're going. And sometimes that's all you need to get someone to reach out and be like, actually, it's been a bit hard. I've lost my job or it's been a bit hard. Mm. This has happened. Yeah. And having, like,
1: been honest with people, do you think, like, has that been well received? Do you feel like people kind of are more inclined to kind of, like, be understanding and, like, have those Mm -hmm. tough conversations with you?
4: Yes. I think in, like, on my personal story, definitely, and even just on a, like, a superficial kind of more with the COVID issue, which is, like, separate – I think when you say actually lockdown's been really hard like i haven't got a six-pack and become a healthy version <laughs> of myself and taken and learn four languages because i think we all went in there with these big expectations that we'd come out these brilliant people with like not that we aren't already brilliant but like just changed people and we had all this time so we're gonna do all these things and i think was a bit of a sense of embarrassment, I think at the beginning, if you weren't doing things, like everyone's mm-hmm. like, I yoga seven times a day. So, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So when you start to be like, Yeah, actually yesterday I stayed in my pajamas all day and working from home was really hard. People are like, Oh yeah, I had that last week and it kind of opens the dialogue a little bit.
1: Yeah. I feel like people just weren't being very honest in the beginning.
4: Like they were like, Oh yeah, I'm thriving. And I'm like, are you though? Do yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people were like, "Yeah, actually, like, I think I'm gonna read through all New York Times bestsellers for the last fifty years." I was like, "Well, no, really?" I you-? did you? See- I have not seen that. That's
1: hilarious. That's such so- a yeah. lot of
4: reading. People were going on about like, I just thought that was like a highlight of times, like when people just had to announce what they were doing because they were too scared to be like, "I'm just coping."
1: No, exactly. It's it's very interesting how we've now gone to the other end of things and been like, you know what? Just just cope. Like, if you're coping, <laughs> good. If you're like, yeah. getting out of bed and you're doing what needs to get done during the day, like, that's fine. Like, if you come out of lockdown bigger, whatever. If you come out of lockdown learning no skills, no one gives a shit. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just such a write-off year. Just lean into the, it, you know?
4: The thing is, well, I think if you come out of lockdown, then you have to come out bigger because mm. you've survived something that you probably didn't think you would. So in a way, like, it is an achievement in itself to come out the other side and be like, yeah, I'm still here, I'm still myself. Yeah. Whereas, we, like, it, it, we survived it and it's been difficult and it's been taxing and it's been strange. And I think that's the word. It's just strange oh. situation. Like, yeah. yeah, 100%. Very strange. I mm-hmm. 100% agree.
1: Well, Sophie, thank you so much for, for chatting to me just for a, a brief amount of time on your Saturday morning. I really,
4: really <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you. It's been good.
1: Hey guys, welcome back! I hope you enjoyed those conversations. I hope that hearing um, some familiar voices was was really nice, and that you got something out of um, the conversations we've had today. I think, look, it's who knows when this is going to end? Who knows when things will be back to normal, if if ever? Um, But I think in times like this, it's really, really important to remember that not only is everybody's mental health affected, but for those who were already living with mental health conditions, it's this kind of uh, a global pandemic can be very, very difficult um, when it comes to ensuring that their recovery continues and that they're staying well. Um, And so I think we need to be aware of that people who have pre-existing health conditions, disabilities, that kind of thing, like it's a completely different ballgame for them um, and something that we really need to remember and think about when we're talking about how COVID affects us as a nation. Um, guys, as usual, you can reach me at if you don't mind podcast at gmail.com if you want to be on the show or have something to chat to me about. Uh socials are as follows. Facebook, just type in if you don't mind. And if you feel like becoming a patron, you can. For as little as $2 a month, you can type in if you don't mind to Patreon and you'll find the pod there. That's it from me today. I hope your September is relatively easy, breezy. Um, as I always say, be kind to yourselves, be kind to one another, and when you can, listen to someone else's story because it's really important, okay? Really important. Bye.